Welcome to the St. Matt's 6pm podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening service.
Anyway, she had worked out how to get into the local stormwater pipes at a, at a park just near our house. And so um, we went down the pipe and we were travelling along just a little way, not too far in, and we could see a, a gutter up ahead. So we, we went down there and we were looking out right at street level and we were probably giggling and the sound was sort of echoing in the pipes. And anyway, a cyclist went past and uh, he saw us and I think he got such a shock that he almost fell off his bike. Uh, and in hindsight, you know, that was a really dangerous thing to be down a stormwater pipe and hopefully you can't access them now. Something that I've been easily influenced by was when about three years ago, I decided to buy a stripy green guest t-shirt. Back then, guess was all the rage, but only a year later did it start to become a meme and there were bad stereotypes about people who wore guest t-shirts. Never have I spent 60 bucks on a t-shirt, worn it three times, and then never worn it again. I love the idea that I am an individual, informed, critical thinker who consistently makes up his own mind. But the reality is far less black and white. We're all being influenced day by day in a variety of different ways. The books we read, the shows we watch, the news we check on, the social media we consume, the podcasts we follow, the advertising we're exposed to, the leaders we listen to, the heroes we look up to, the people we surround ourselves with, the people we are surrounded by, they are all rubbing off on us in a variety of different ways. They shape us, they change us, they mould us. But as followers of Jesus, we don't want to be accidentally and thoughtlessly moulded by the world around us generally. No, we want to be moulded by him intentionally. We want to be transformed by truth. And so for the next three weeks as a church, we're going to be looking at the book of Titus together. A book that will help us think hard about how and why we should be transformed by truth. But as a lockdown special, you're not just going to hear from the staff team. Instead, we've assembled the the Titus team, each of whom you just met from a moment ago. A collection of church members from different congregations, different backgrounds and experiences. The Titus team and I have been working in the book of Titus together for a little while, thinking about how it impacts each of us to hopefully better ensure it impacts you. And as we begin, let me pray to that end. Father, use the book of Titus. Use our Titus team communicating from it to ensure that as individuals and as a church, we are not being thoughtlessly shaped by the world around us. Instead, transform us by your truth. Amen. This is the situation in the book of Titus. It is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to his good friend Titus. Paul and Titus have been travelling around the Mediterranean for some time now, ministering to younger churches. Their trust and respect for each other runs deep. Paul even gives Titus the label of his true son in our common faith. When trouble starts to appear in the younger churches on the island of Crete, Paul sends his trusted friend Titus to help sort things out. From the letter... The problems in Crete sound various. Members of the churches believe questionable things and behave in questionable, if not outright sinful ways. And of particular concern to Paul, 
the behaviour of Christians has damaged the impressions people in the wider community have of Jesus Christ. But instead of tackling these issues directly, Paul sees these issues first as symptoms of another problem. The Christians on Crete are being influenced by the wrong people. Paul describes these negative influences in the second half of the chapter. Let me read from verse 10. There are many rebellious people full of meaningless talk and deception, especially those of the circumcision group. They must be silenced because they are disrupting whole households by teaching things they ought not to teach, and that for the sake of dishonest gain. Self-appointed teachers, leaders, influencers have arisen, and they are teaching lies. Some of them, at least, Paul says, belong to the circumcision group. This is a group we encounter elsewhere in the New Testament. People who say that if you want to follow Jesus, you need to follow all the laws of the Old Testament as well. Influencers who say that if you want to follow Jesus, it's not enough to have faith. It's not enough to put your trust in him. No, you have to do a whole heap of things as well. Otherwise, God doesn't accept you. If that wasn't enough, If that teaching wasn't enough to drive Paul crazy, they are also profiting from their lies, accepting gifts and payment as esteemed teachers who can reveal more and deeper truths than people like Paul had previously revealed. It's easy to imagine how new Christians could be swayed by sophisticated speakers who claim to know hidden, deeper truths. But for Christians, the truth isn't hidden. If I want to know the truth, I have Jesus, the living word of God, On the night before he died, Jesus told his followers, I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, Jesus reveals his truth for us and also embodies his truth. Because if we want to get a true measure of something, we need to compare it to a truth that we know. For example, if I want to know how long something is, I would get an accurate ruler to get an exact measurement. So when these self-appointed influences are brought to stand next to Jesus, we see they don't measure up. These false teachers don't measure up because their teaching doesn't match the teaching of Jesus. But just as importantly and perhaps easier to identify, their lives don't match the way of Jesus. Paul says of them in verses 15 and 16 that both their minds and consciences are corrupted. They claim to know God, but by their actions they deny him. They are detestable disobedient and unfit for doing anything good. So Paul has a solution for this problem on Crete. He wants Titus to appoint trustworthy leaders, positive influences that can oppose and counter the negative influence of the false teachers. As Paul says in verse 9, these appointed leaders, these positive influences, must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. They encourage followers of Jesus with the truth as revealed in Jesus. And with the truth of Jesus Christ, they combat liars who would lead people astray. But these appointed leaders, these positive influencers, can't just teach the truth. First, they have to be transformed by it. 
from verse 6. An elder must be blameless, of good reputation, faithful to his wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild or disobedient. Since an overseer, an appointed leader, manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable, being kind to the outsider, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy and disciplined. Character is everything. I've been listening to a podcast recently that chronicles the rise and fall of a particular megachurch in the US. It turns out that the head pastor wasn't someone who would have passed the character test that Paul sets out for church leaders in Titus 1. A theme that I'm picking up on throughout the podcast is that he was given a growing platform and a greater sphere of influence before the quality of his character had matured so that he was able to lead people to live lives more like Christ. And ultimately, this contributed to the fall of the church. It's really struck me how tempting it can be to prioritise someone's competence, charisma, or their perceived success over how they actually live their lives and who they actually are. My husband and I have unfortunately seen leaders act with poor character in several churches. The damage could be significant. People might be misled and empowered to also live sinfully. But even if they aren't, the community can feel betrayed and the church's mission can be derailed. Paul sets a really high bar here that only Jesus could comfortably clear. But we also can't afford to compromise on character. The damage is too great. We aren't in the exact same situation as the churches in Crete. But we too live in a world where there is a lot of confusion around what to believe and a lot of confusion around how to live. Who should we trust? Who should we be letting influence us? The principle from Titus 1 still holds up today. First, trust those who have been transformed by the truth. If we're going to trust anyone, if we're going to be influenced by others, let's start by being influenced with those who have been transformed by the truth. This principle mightn't resolve questions around vaccines or climate change. It might not immediately tell us who to vote for in an election, although it might rule out some candidates for us. Trusting those who are transformed by the truth might not guarantee the best medical diagnosis, or it might not resolve for you whether or not it's the right time to buy a new house. But as you look for answers to spiritual questions, questions of eternal significance, if you want to grow in godly wisdom, if you want to know how to treat others, how to establish and maintain healthy relationships, how to organize your priorities, if you are going to trust anyone, please ensure that you first are trusting those who have been transformed by the truth. To help us be influenced by the right kinds of people, to ensure that we're trusting those transformed by the truth, we need to do a couple of things. First, we need to ensure that we ourselves are growing in our own knowledge of the truth. We need to be getting better and better acquainted with Jesus Christ for ourselves. We need to immerse ourselves in truth. How do I immerse myself in truth? I'm not perfect at it. 
I find that talking about who Jesus is, about who we're called to be, and reading the Bible with my sisters in Christ reminds both of us about the truth of the gospel. And I find it helpful to have reminders in my physical space too, like a Bible verse on my phone lock screen or hung on my bedroom wall. Although I'm not great at this, I try to immerse myself in the truth by reading the Bible as often as I can, and by doing so, allowing God's Spirit to work in me so that I may be able to discern what is right and what is wrong. Second, to ensure that we are being influenced by the right kinds of people, we need to discern who influences us and prioritise the influence of those who have character that is clearly and increasingly shaped by Jesus. I think I could have a better understanding of the Gospels in order to understand the character of Jesus Christ even more um, so that I'm able to see on earth um, who's being shaped and influenced by the character of Christ. I've been trying to be more aware about the content that I consume, from TV and movies to podcasts and who I follow on social media. I've been becoming aware of how it can make me more angry and selfish or how it can lift my eyes to consider how I can love and serve others like Jesus did. This means not always following or watching or listening to whatever is most popular in the moment, but intentionally considering what I give my attention to and who it is shaping me to become. As we looked through Titus 1, I had a question regarding church leaders, how we can apply this. After all, I'm not someone who picks church leaders, but I am someone who has to put my trust in them. It's really easy to fake good character, and so how do I know the person who's leading me is transformed by the truth? Now, this is really tricky, but Chris and I came up with some thoughts, four things to think about. Are they available? Are they transparent? Are they consistent? And are they accountable? Are they someone who can be reached? Can you actually get to know them? Are they the same in one context as they are another? Do they speak the same way in one context as they are another? And do they have someone that they are accountable to that can keep them in line and give them guidance? We think that when we ask these four things, we can have confidence in our church leaders. Are they accountable? consistent, transparent, and available. We are easily influenced people who live in a noisy and confused world. And so we need to take seriously who we let influence us, both as individuals and as a community. So seek out the influence of those who have been influenced by Jesus. Trust those who have been transformed by the truth. Thanks to Chris and to the Titus team. Let me pray. Dear Lord, thank you for the words of Paul to Titus that we heard tonight. May they work in our hearts to change how we react to those around us, to be more discerning and to search for truth through your word. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Penn Hills 6pm congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus, to have a deeper connection with God, deeper community with one another, 
and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmats.org.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.